This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a fond good morning and welcome back, Charlie Dobbin, to the show. Thank you, Frank. It's great to be back. Well, now, I, right off the top, have to kind of uh, explain. Explain, Lucy. Explain. Yeah. Um, You're going to hear a a lot of wheezing from me today. Uh, Most people now know that I underwent a cancer operation on my uh, left lung, let's see, five weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And everything's smooth in that that regard. I look great. Except (laughs) I came down with a a bout of uh, COPD, Mm. and it really has taken me by storm. So I'm, I'm suffering a little bit. Uh, with the uh, congestion, I, I I finally got some medication yesterday when I saw my surgeon, and bless his heart, he wrote out some stuff. But it's you take one pill a day for ten days. Well, I've taken one pill and I'm dying, dying at one o'clock to take another <laughs> yeah, pill. Yeah, not feeling to get like this. It's yeah, doing so much. pardon the wheezing, folks. We'll do the best we can. No worries. Okay. Did so, you have fun? Oh, so go ahead with this. Oh, your, your job. Get, you, yeah, you your I got to do my <laughs> do my job. <charter. laughs> Give the phone numbers, okay, Frankie? 416-360-0740. That's in the Toronto area, anybody? And uh, in the province, here's the number, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Our little mantra goes this way. Call early, call often. One question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, well, you let uh, Duncan, our operator, know. He lets me know, and then... You get, you get your that wings. You, yeah. Garden wings. There you go. It's actually just the time of year to be talking about garden wings. Have you been noticing a few butterflies in your neighborhood? Yes, the monarchs are. They're out happening. They are. I'm seeing more this year than I have. I can't say I'm seeing them in big groups, but certainly, you yeah. know, individuals fluttering about. Um, my daughter successfully, um, hatched, if you will, oh, a really? swallowtail on her balcony. Oh. 14th floor balcony downtown oh Toronto. All started with, I don't know. It's so funny. Like, how does this happen? That, Eggs were laid for swallowtail butterflies. Of course, when they hatch, they're little larvae, little yeah, caterpillars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she sent me a picture. This green thing, this green worm, uh-huh. if you will, was chow- chowing down on her parsley. And she's like, Mom, what is this? You know, should I squish it or what should I do? I was like, no, don't squish it. It's a butterfly. Oh. So she's like, oh, okay, okay. So sure enough, it, it chowed down on the parsley. And she took video of it eating because it, it was so me. cute. It was so voracious when it was eating. Well, And no. then it disappeared. She goes, I don't know where it went. I went, it's there. You got to look for it. It's the milkweed. Uh, that well, milkweed is specific for monarchs. Well, oh, I so see. Because sw- it's very poisonous to all the other insects and birds. So that's why monarchs eat milkweed because they, they are poisonous. Oh. So birds don't eat monarchs for that reason. Uh, there you go. I know. You always learn something from Charlie. evolution. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, gl- glad to be back. The move was huge. Uh, I'm sorry for those of you that have sent in email, sent in some, some events. 
Uh, I'm not able to access those things right now. I did see them on my laptop at a neighbor's backyard <laughs> and having but, some trouble yeah. getting some internet out where we live. And so I don't have anything printed off. But I do know that next Saturday there are a few things going on. Uh, Cookstown, Gardens of Cookstown are having mm -hmm. a big tour. And the Asian Court Garden Club is also having a big flower, uh, annual flower show right. and event. So uh, next Saturday, I'll give you more details on that. That's the best I can do right now because I can't bust into my email from here. Exactly. Okay. Sorry, everybody. but So I will get back to you on all that. But yeah, very exciting. Uh, very. Well, follow me on Instagram because there's a great shot in my backyard. It's like, whoa. Well, you should have your picture up there. You, she's got a new hair, haircut, folks. Beautiful. Thank nice you. Nice and short. It's as cute as a button. I know. It's That's super terrific. short. Yeah. It's the pixie look. Yeah, it's the <laughs> pixie look. There you go. Okay. We'll be back with our, our resident pixie in moments here on Zoomer Radio. And you are listening to The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, my little pixie, we're set to go with the phone calls here. Uh, from Caledonia, let's welcome Mabel. Good morning, Mabel. Good morning, Charlie. Good, Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Uh, Charlie, I had called a couple weeks ago, but uh, and I talked to Dennis, uh -huh. but I still have the problem, and uh, so hopefully you can help me out. I have a gardenia, and it's just loaded with buds, but I have mealyworms, and I've sprayed with soap and water, and I've sprayed with Garden Raid, and I just cannot get control of right. those. And you're sure it's mealybugs? It looks like well, little that's, tufts. that's oh. what he thought it was as well. There's little white, mm -hmm. uh, fuzzy, yeah. uh, t just tiny ones yeah. where the bud uh, meets, meets, the, meets stem. the stem of the And they look the like bush. just little tiny clumps of cotton ball, right? Like yes. just Yeah, okay, that sounds like mealybug. Okay, uh, imagine it's a fairly big plant, or is it not? Is it more? It's a yeah. It, it's a it's the tree type, mm -hmm. and yes, it has over fifty buds on it. So I don't want to lose them all, and pretty soon, if they don't come out yeah. when you move them inside, oh, yeah. they're, they're gonna not going to be happy. Turn yellow <laughs> and drop off. Okay, so don't do the raid again. The soap was a good idea, but understand that mealybugs they actually produce that secretion, which is that cottony it's actually yeah. a waxy substance they coat their little bodies and of course the soap can't Makes penetrate it impervious yeah, exactly oh, smart bugs the best <laughs> most effective way but i'm afraid it will limit your bud count is rubbing alcohol and a q-tip and you uh, dip your q-tip into the rubbing alcohol and then you carefully touch each of the mealybugs with the rubbing alcohol. Be careful if you can avoid touching the plant. That's a good thing. But by just touching that rubbing alcohol onto the insect, it will die. And if you can avoid touching the plant, the buds might survive. Oh, very good. Yeah, it's a job though. Oh, it's, yeah. If you've got you it know a hundred bugs to those little uh, mealybugs are way down in that little waxy. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Them, right? The good thing is that you can technically get to them. You can see them. If you had something like a, a little palm tree growing or something that grows with that rosette where the new growth grows from the inside, that's impossible to get the mealybugs because they're down deep and you can't get down and touch them. Yeah. Whereas at least for you, they are exposed, but it is a very meticulous process to go I'm, through. I'm, uh, well, even if I save a few, well, I'll yeah. be happy. And, oh. and the other thing is, you know, once you've done the rubbing alcohol, don't do this in the sun. Like move it into the shade to do this. Yeah. Uh, and then let it, that whole situation sit for an hour or two. And then I'd get out the hose and I'd give the whole thing a, a shower just with water. Okay, good. that's great. Okay. You have good a good luck. weekend. Thank oh, you. Okay. Let Thank us you. know how that Thanks, works. Thanks, Mabel. Have a good weekend yourself. Hey, from Cambridge, let's check in with Lorraine and see what's going on there. Hi, Lorraine. Hi. Good morning. Uh, welcome back, Charlie. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask, well, first of all, I was just listening to you about the alcohol. Do you use rubbing alcohol or isopropyl alcohol? Oh, good question. Okay. What's the difference between isopropyl and rubbing? Yeah, rubbing's got something else in it, too. Anyway. Uh, um, well, so you're right. It's isopropyl you want oh, okay. more than rubbing. Oh, okay. I always think that they're sort of the same thing, but you're right. Maybe rubbing alcohol has one extra ingredient. Okay, isopropyl <laughs> alcohol, Mabel. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a lot. Oh, I have my garden, so I have to tell you too. My, my garden has been beautiful. I have a, um, a native plant with Joe Pie. And, oh, yeah. Um, I have. Last yesterday, I was just out. I saw three monarch butterflies, mm. a hummingbird, mm. and tons of bees all in one little corner. Lovely wow. Joe Pye weed, Eupatorium. Love it. Oh, and there's another one too, turtle head. Oh yeah, yeah. hummingbird with that turtle head. Oh, nice. Anyway, I called about a rose bush <laughs> that I called earlier um, and spoke to a, a, some, a fellow that was there, <laughs> and I cut it way back in the spring because it was it was a uh, one. Uh, John Cabot. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep, yeah. Yeah. And, One of the uh, Explorer roses, yeah. Yes. And I kind of ignored it all summer because it's been behind, it's behind ferns and um, et cetera, mm-hmm. peony. Mm-hmm. And um, I just looked at, cleared some of the ferns away, and it's just all chewed up with... The, 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 with lacy, like the... Um, leaves. The, the leaves are just like lace. There's hardly anything there. Huh. Um, now, should I cut it back again? No. No, let it be for the rest of the fall. I mean, it, whatever green is still there will continue to photosynthesize. Good idea to clear some of the ferns away. Let some sun penetrate yep. into the rose. Let right. some air penetrate in. Um, some new growth probably will grow because it's so been mild and warm. And of course, today's gorgeous. There's not even a cloud in the sky. So that's all good. Like, let the, the plant just do its own thing, slowly hunker down for winter. <clears throat> Excuse me, in spring. Spring, yes, indeed. Cut back and fertilize in the spring. Okay, now there's some uh, new growth in, in a little short bit that's um, not affected. It's the long, mm-hmm. arching things mm-hmm. that are like that. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's um likely a leaf miner. It could even be. <clears throat> excuse me. There's um. Um, leaf cutter bees that will. They love roses, and they'll cut chunks of leaves out of, out of roses. So there's a lot of things that can happen to the leaves. But but again, that's a very tough plant. Okay. The main thing is to allow it that sun and that air. No fertilizer now, of course. And I wouldn't do any radical cutting back. I mean, yes, if it's got some arching cane that's in the walkway or causing any, any problem in terms of getting into the garden, you can cut back as we get a little later into the fall. You just don't want to do any sort of major pruning now because you're going to 
uh, cause the plants to put out a whole bunch of new growth. Oh, I see. And we don't want to put a lot of new growth on our plants right now because I hate to say this, but winter is coming. Yeah. And, and, uh, and we want plants to be hunkered down. We want them to just do their slow physiological slow down. Everything goes to the root. Everybody goes to sleep. Okay, thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Okay, thank you. Gee, I hate you to are, say that. You are usually so sensitive. <laughs> I know. You know, you even hate saying the C and E because <laughs> you know what that means. I know. But you actually said winter. I know. I know. Oh. It's, it, it's, uh, it, you know what? I do teach, and I guess it's left over from, from being a student <clears throat> and now being a teacher. It's Labor Day, and hey. everything changes All next right. week, right? Okay, fair enough. Uh, sorry. You're forgiven. <laughs> All right, we have to say. Take a first break here, and then get back to uh, well, see see what Grace is uh, up to today mm-hmm. in Mississauga here in the Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's say Grace. Oh, no, in Mississauga. Yes. Hey, Grace, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. morning. I would like to talk or ask you questions Mm. about milkweed. Mm -hmm. I know you were just saying Mm. a little bit about... I have it growing in my garden, Mm -hmm. but I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. It's... I have, like, there's 12 plants. Oh, that's a lot. Have you got a big garden? Nope. Okay. Hmm. And I did, you know, let's face it, I didn't plant this no, stuff. No, they blew in. The Just seeds showed blew up. in. Yeah. And there's great big pods on it. And guess what's in every one of those pods? What? Thousands of seeds. Oh. <laughs> so how many milk- milkweed do you want in your garden next year? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is one of those, you know, I'm going to sit you down yeah. and give you that important pep talk. Okay. The, you are the, the master in your garden. You control what happens and who gets to grow or not. Right. Milkweed has become a super trendy weed, if you will, a super trendy plant to to have in our gardens because of the support that it gives to monarch butterflies. As right. I mentioned, they're the only things that eat it, and they do very well by it, and of course we love the monarchs. However, if you don't have a very big garden, I wouldn't be keeping 12 plants. So, what I would do is maybe leave one of those pods on one of those plants, uh-huh. remove all the rest of the pods with your little snippers, yeah. put them into the composter or out onto the end of the driveway. Next spring, you you know what milkweed looks like. It's a very distinctive leaf. When these things are starting to grow in the spring, you're going to see some milkweed plants starting to grow from seeds that have been dispersed from your current milkweed, oh. and you are going to choose which ones to keep. So you're going to pull some out. You may say, I think three Three plants is enough, or five plants is enough, or I like a little clump over or here. Or save some for your friends, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you could certainly, when you're cutting those pods off, give pods to oh. all your friends. They can take them home and do some dispersing in their gardens for next year. Uh, and that will just naturally happen. The seeds will, the pods will pop open, and they're like little hello, little fuzzy seeds. They blow huh. on the wind. They're beautiful. They're very soft and silky, and um, just don't, don't, don't let the milkweed take over your garden, because it will. Okay, so <coughs> I cut the pods off, mm-hmm. but I don't split them open to get the seeds. Not unless you want to start a milkweed nursery. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you and leave them I there just, long, long I enough. I just leave the plant there like... Oh, it'll die in the... Yeah, just it'll die in the winter. Oh, it'll it's, die yeah, in the winter. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, oh. so that you just don't need to worry about anything other than controlling those pods. So, so if the you, butterflies right now, are they eating the leaves? Uh, likely not. That's how you know you've got monarchs in your garden is you'll see a bunch of chewing going on on the leaves yes. of the milkweed. Yes. Great sign. It means there's, there is monarch, a monarch caterpillars yep. in their chewing, which is very cool. So your job is to be a scout and find that little caterpillar if you can, because when they're chewing, they're right on the plant. Right. So on the green leaves, then they pupate. And when they pupate, that's the little cocoon. They rarely will sometimes, but they often not hang or install the cocoon on the plant. They'll install it on another plant or underneath your dining, your patio table or on the fence or (laughs) and it hangs, right? It's it's this little hanging, it's about an inch and a quarter long tubular thing on one single little thread of of silk just hangs there and they are pretty much all emerging now. So you're unlikely to see larvae. But you are, if you're a good scout, you'll find those little pupa cases and you'll keep watching them because the butterflies will emerge right before your very eyes. Wow. If you I, can you know, because find I have them. quite a few butterflies in my yard now. Right. So they might have all emerged. Like that's a oh. thing. It's a, it is a multi-week process of them coming out of their pupa cases. So emerging as butterflies. Okay. And then when I dig them up, do I have to make sure I get like the whole root and everything? No, you don't need to dig up those milkweed. I'm going to double check that, but as far as I know, milkweed will die in the winter. It's it comes up from seed, so it's oh. an annual plant. But I'm I will double check that because it's been a while since I did the life cycle of milkweed. But okay. yeah, just but do, do control those seed pods. <laughs> I will. Okay. I'll be out there this afternoon. Okay, good. Okay, Perfect thank you day. very much. Thanks for calling. National Geographic brought to you by. <laughs> Charlie. I and love Grace. that stuff though. No, that's great. It is. I worked, I had a job, a summer job years ago in something called an insectary. So what do you think an insectary is? Insects. Exactly. Like a library yeah. for books and insectaries for insects. Wow. So cool. Millions of insects <laughs> under glass. But part of my job was raising them up. Uh, I had an insect nursery. So I had live insects that I raised to, cause you can't tell when an insect is like a little caterpillar, mm-hmm. you can't tell whether it's a boy or a girl until it's an adult. So you have to go through that pupa and that cocoon, and then it has to merge, and then you can sex it, so to speak. Find out whether it's a boy or a girl with p- proper magnifying glasses and, yeah, I would <laughs> and microscope. <laughs> but So I, ha- I had little insects. I-, I fed them. I would go out into the forest and get whatever it was they would like to eat and bring it back and feed them and bring them, raise them up to adults. It was very fun. <laughs> That's great. All righty. Uh, let's see. We, uh, we have folks on the line, of course, just dying to talk to you. <laughs> From Brampton, Vanessa on the line. Good morning, Vanessa. Oh, good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. I would like some information about a purple smoke bush. Mm-hmm. I put it in two years ago, and it had beautiful mm-hmm. smoky flowers. And I pruned it, and I think I did it at the wrong yeah. time because I've had nothing this year. Okay, when did you prune it? Uh, in the fall. Oh, that's interesting. Should have been fine. It has beautiful, long, wavy Branches. Yeah, but no flowers. But no flowers. So it had flowers when you bought it and planted it, or at least that first year. Yes. But since then, no smoke, no, it, no flowers. Not. How much sun is that plant in? Um, it's in the back. It gets all the morning sun, oh, wow. afternoon sun. Oh, wow. Hmm. Okay. And then is it by any chance being fertilized with a high nitrogen fertilizer? No. Huh. Weird. 
because uh, that amount of sun should be fine. You should have you should have good flowers with uh, you know, half day sun or more. Um, high nitrogen, like a lawn fertilizer, will promote a lot of leafy growth and not promote a lot of flowering growth. And uh, pruning in the fall is fine; should be fine. Fall, fall or spring, early spring, and they bloom on new wood. So well, that's what I thought. Yeah. And New wood, and yeah. so I was thinking maybe leave it this year and see what happens in the spring. You could. I mean, I find that they get very, it's, a, it's an interesting mm-hmm. plant, the smoke bush. It's very unusual and very interesting when it's smoking because it's, oh, it's just gorgeous. so crazy, you know, not regular at all. But unpruned and untamed, they are not an attractive plant. They tend to be gangly and falling over, and they oh, just so you got to tend to it. They, you yeah. do, and like you said, you've got the big, long, new growth. Those can go five, six, seven feet in one year, and then they're all flopping down and you know swaying around in the wind. So I, I would be inclined to leave it exactly this fall. Don't do anything. Right next spring. Really look at it. Look at it structurally because, like I said, it's, it's gangly and not pretty. So take a real, get out your sharp pruners and loppers as saw if necessary. Take down some of the older growth, encourage newer growth so that it, it's a controllable bush. Yes. And then it leave right it now. alone. Yes. Yeah. And then leave it alone. All right. It should That's smoke next is- year. <laughs> and um, a number of weeks ago, I asked you about little bugs and you said the safest sticky sticks mm-hmm. they worked beautifully yes, they oh, them in for four weeks and not a bug anywhere perfect yeah they do work they're quite effective it's, it's a slow process but it's an effective process it was wonderful Good. thank you thanks for okay, thanks Vanessa. for the feedback thank you uh hey we have a oh frankie's reaching for the belly oh great first time caller from hamilton that's for marco good morning marco good morning charlie good morning frank welcome Thank you. Uh, I have two hibiscus plants, mm-hmm. and I would like to know the process of bringing them inside. Right. So these are tropical hibiscus. Tropical hibiscus, All yeah. right. So they're in pots out in the sunshine somewhere out on the balcony? Yes. Um, first thing I always do before I bring in any plants from outside is I want to give them a, a, kind of, a kind of a thorough bath or wash. Just because even if there's no pests on them, you still you don't want to bring in earwigs or yeah. sow bugs or just anything that could be inside the pot. So um, usually what I'll do is I'll get something like a soapy solution. So a safer soap uh, or, you know, if there's no evidence of any pests, then even just your regular um, dish detergent, one one part soap to 100 parts water mixed up into a spritzer bottle spritz like crazy the plant so that it's dripping again not in the sun and not at high noon move the plants into the shade um do it when it's not 30 degrees which is perfect weather right now so it's just a real good soap shower bath on the leaves and stems of the plant then it's a thorough rinse with clear water and a drying out you can run that soapy solution or detergent solution through the soil as well so it's time to water pour that soapy solution on as you're watering and then clear uh, water through till it's draining out the bottom and then drain outside for a couple hours whatever makes sense bring it in you could bring them in starting anytime now you'll definitely want to bring them in in the next two to three weeks if not now Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter that it, that one is still flowering. Of course. We love it. Never prune them now because they're definitely flowering. It's good. And you want to put them in a sunny spot. You need a bright, sunny location in your place. 
And when I go to prune them, prune them back in the, in the fall like others? No, I would not prune them. I would, the big time to prune hibiscus because they're such a vigorous, vigorous plant. I mean, they grow massive hedges in the Caribbean and they chainsaw them down. So, uh, no, the, the, I generally bring my hibiscus in, enjoy them in my sunny window all fall, all winter. By February, by mid February, days are getting longer. Hibiscus gets very excited, and that's when you, you do quite a hard pruning on them. Prune them right back. In February. Yeah, in February, March, because you know they're going to grow two to three feet this next season, wow. so next spring and summer. So you don't want them to be so large you can't get them back in by the end of the summer, and you don't want to do your pruning at the end of the summer because you prune off the flowers. So you prune, no. prune hard in early spring. Okay, and cut back. Do I cut back on watering in the winter time? You will, you will, because the plant will use far less water inside the house, less light, uh, lower different temperatures, mm-hmm. and also the plant. It's winter; they slow right down. So yes, always, always do not like never water on the calendar. Water on the plant's needs. Hibiscus will start to flag a bit. Uh, the leaves will start to droop. The color changes a bit in the leaves when it wants water. So watch the plant to indicate to you when it wants water. Charlie and Frank, both of you have a great weekend. Well, you thank too, you, Marco. Marco. Don't be a stranger. Yeah, Coffee's that. always on. Gee, thanks for joining us on a gorgeous Saturday I morning. It doesn't Beautiful. get prettier than this, I does just it? took a look outside. Wow. <laughs> It's blue, blue, blue. <clears throat> Other than the the big air show that's going to oh, change yeah. up the sky here in along the lakeshore this right. all weekend down at the CNE. <laughs> Pardon me. No um, worries. Okay, reaching for the bell again. Mm. That's for Linda in like Selkirk. to work. Good. Good morning, Linda. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Welcome to um, the show. I purchased a, a lilac bush, the mm-hmm. one that blooms in the spring and the fall. Oh, yes. Bloomerang, they call that. Okay. And it was doing very well. Mm-hmm. But we were away for a couple of weeks, and when I came home, the leaves are covered with blue spots, and it's lost some leaves, and it looks really bad. Uh, intra- mm-hmm. Blue spots. Yeah, that are sort of turning brown. Yeah. Okay, you know what? That's probably more just an indication of how little rain we've had. This has been a a great growing season in a lot of ways. We were complaining about all that moisture in the spring. And then we got lots of good heat in July, but very little rain. And now August, same thing. We've had very little rain. So the plant, lilacs are susceptible to obviously drought, as all plants are, particularly when they're fairly newly planted, doesn't have a huge root system. So it's probably just, you know, suffering from lack of water. But uh, trust me, and this comes up every fall on the show and, and with clients, the leaves that you're looking at on your plants right now are going to drop in the next month. They are going to be compost. So next year's a whole new year when it comes to leaves. So any leaf, odd leaf things that are going on right now, we generally don't worry about. Spots, that sort of thing. It's like, it it is what it is, you know. Don't do any pruning on that lilac. Just let it be. Make sure it has been thoroughly watered, no fertilizer, and just let it get through the fall. You may not get blooms this fall because it, you know, suffered from perhaps lack of water. Right. Um, I'm assuming you don't have an irrigation system. No. No. Yeah, so likely that's what it was. And, you know, to get, we call, this is a drought-tolerant plant once it's established. And to establish a lilac is about a three-year ordeal. Oh, From the first year we plant, the second year, the third year, we're keeping on top of it. We're watering as necessary. We're encouraging deep rooting. Okay. Plants with deep roots can, can get through and withstand and be more tolerant of drought conditions than newly planted plants or plants with very shallow root systems. Okay, so okay. just leave the leaves, yeah. they'll drop and, and keep the water and yeah. 
water as necessary. Don't drown it, obviously, but, but do a, you know, thorough watering and just ensure that it has been well watered as we get into fall. And that's going to be true with all our garden plants. We want them to be well watered as we go into the darker days, the shorter days, the cooler nights. Right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're very thank welcome. Thank you, Linda. Have a good day. Yeah, Thanks. And the same to you. Terrific weekend. Long weekend. It's the long weekend. Uh, it's the last long weekend yeah. of the oh, summer. I know. <laughs> I keep saying uh, this. Uh, <laughs> Can you tell where my head is? Oh. As we wave bye-bye to Linda there. Uh, that leaves uh, a line open. Mm-hmm. Let me give it the numbers again, okay? okay? Here in Toronto, to reach Charlie Dubbin, it is 416 Zero seven forty, and then anywhere in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And Charlie and I will return momentarily after these words on Zuma Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden here introducing yeah. Sharon from Georgetown. Hi, Sharon. How are you? Good morning. Okay. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Um, I have been told I have bent grass in my backyard. Mm-hmm. What is it? How did it get there? And how do I get rid of it? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Uh, well, okay, so bent grass is, um, it's a grass that doesn't grow up, it, it grows almost prostrate. Straight. Bent over. Uh, exactly. That's <laughs> that's are. why it's called bent grass. And and if you're a golfer, you'll know bent grass because it's used on putting greens. And if you're a lawn bowler, you'll know bent grass because it's used for very very short lawns. Even there was a cute thing was it yesterday, day before in the Globe and Mail about the Manulife Center in downtown Toronto and the green grass that they have oh, okay. there, which is fifty percent bent grass. Because oh. but it's it's a super high maintenance pl- plant. That's why you don't want it. I mean, is that what, what you're saying? you want to get rid of it just because it's, it's well, ugly? Or? Yeah, because it's like we have a sprinkler system at the back. So the grass is pretty green, but then in spots where there's bent grasses, like and I can just take my hand in and just pull it out. Oh, you well, know, like, that could be... Is there, are there any trees nearby where you're finding those little blobs of dead grass? No, there's... Um, no, not really, no. There's none in the backyard. Yeah, the reason I ask is because now is the time when we do start to sometimes see small patches of yellow... Uh, yellow grass uh-huh. right in the middle of our lawns typically near a tree or near the edge of the, the house mm-hmm. or something high and that is uh, where grubs have hatched and little baby grubs are chewing the roots of the grass so this is why we have to be really careful if you can suddenly for no reason find yellow patches and then you can pull up and there's no roots there uh-huh. yeah. suspect that there is something eating the roots of that plant if the roots are missing it's because something ate them Okay. So your job is to go to your local garden center, though you even the, the home hardwares, all those kind of stores carry uh, nematode eggs to be used uh, at this time of year on a moist lawn to control the grubs that want to absolutely devastate your lawn. Okay, because we have like we have um, a service, a garden service oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that does the yeah, lawns, mm-hmm. and he was the one that told me that it was bent grass mm-hmm. when I was showing. At least I wasn't there, but my husband was there, mm-hmm. and he was saying that this is what it was: it was bent grass. Okay, and what was his suggestion? Um, I don't know. I wasn't home, oh, okay. <laughs> and my husband didn't. <laughs> 
think that, you know, he just said that's what, I guess we asked what it was and this is what he said. Well, well I so, mean, you can kill the bent grass like you can kill so many things. You can dig it up. You can, um, it's not really legal, but you can use Roundup because Roundup is a non-selective herbicide, which will kill anything green that it touches. So you mm-hmm. can selectively spray areas and Roundup is, is still on the market, but it's us- it's really properly used on noxious weeds like poison ivy and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So sprayed onto the green leaves of any plant, Roundup will typically kill that plant. So yeah. You can also solarize, <clears throat> excuse me, by laying down tarpaulins, clear plastic over top areas. You want to kill something, lay down that clear plastic, get some rocks all around the edges, sun beats when you say down. clear plastic, it could be black. Oh. It could be either. It could be either okay. clear or black. Really? Either works. Yeah. Black is good just because it heats up more and no. it bakes and kills the plants beneath. So there's, okay. there are ways to kill the bent grass, but frankly, I'd be a little concerned. I'd be more concerned about there being a grub infestation in the lawn than worrying about killing the bent grass. Okay. Okay. But but you're right. It might be a two-part process. Okay. Got to look after the grubs, assuming that there are grubs. And number two, you want to eliminate the bent grass. Okay, fine. Thank you so much. You're very okay, welcome. Sharon, thank okay. you. Interesting question, too. Huh? Uh, Caroline in Campbellville. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Hi there. Welcome to the show is right. <laughs> um, I have um, a smoke bush or a smoke tree yep. or whatever. Yeah. And... Um, uh, some of the branches grew straight up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to about 8 or 10 feet. How tall should I let it grow? <laughs> this is a good question. We had a call from Vanessa earlier in the show, uh, Gardening in Brampton, and she was saying her smoke bush didn't bloom this year, but she did comment that she got some very good growth out of the, you know, the big stems. Mm-hmm. I am not a big fan of letting smoke bush take over the garden or do its own thing, because when we get a lot of rain, like we did this spring, mm-hmm. smoke bush takes, <clears throat> takes advantage of that and puts on six or eight feet of growth in one year. Mm-hmm. It's weak growth. Ultimately, it's all going to be flopping down next year. Well, it's uh, flopping down this year. Exactly. I can't mow my lawn. There you go. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you're, yeah, if you can't mow your lawn, always remember you are the master. So if any plant is interfering with your ability to mow your lawn, to walk down a, a walkway, to open a window, to do anything that you want to do, get out your pruners and prune immediately. Oh. However, you don't want to do anything too dramatic on a smoke bush when it's still warm like this and it's still, I don't know, fairly active growth. But you can be quite radical on that plant next spring. Oh, and it'll all grow yep. back. Yeah. What I try and do with smoke bushes, I try to get out, if necessary, like a, a saw, saw out the oldest um, from the base, the oldest limbs are going to be, you know, the, the thickest, the most barky, and try and encourage new young growth. So keep the whole plant. I like to keep them down five or six feet high. That way you can enjoy the smoking flowers and not have them way up there eight or ten feet. You know, same with lilacs, right? Lilacs will grow twenty feet if you let them. But who wants fragrant flowers twenty feet up in the sky? Yeah. Let's get keep it down at nose height. Well, unless you have a two-story building or something. I suppose, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not well, outside the bedroom window. Yeah, that's, that's a possibility, you're right. But, um, I have a, I also inherited um, a snowball tree, is it? Yeah. And uh, that's where it was. It was up on the second story before right. it bloomed, and I said, ah, I don't think I like this. I know. Yeah. And it's probably that, so this, the snowball tree, there's two plants that get the white snowballs. The one that you probably have is the one that blooms early, like late spring, early summer. Yeah. It's a it's a native plant called the viburnum or European highbush cranberry, because you do get really nice berries oh. on that plant, oh. and the birds love them. So. I've never noticed. Yeah. So once the flowers are done, the berries should form, and the birds love them. They'll come from miles. 
Okay. It's just, it's too tall. I know. I'm not sure of how, whether I, there is a, a limit to how tall I should let this I w- uh, yeah, oak bush grow. You choose the height. You can remove at any one time up to a third of a plant. And what time of year? In the spring. When they're just waking up. So we're talking March, April, depending on the kind of spring we have. And if you say to yourself, well, that's not enough, then you say, okay, the following year, I'm going to do a third again. I'm going to get to that other portion I didn't get to. Because you don't want to, you know, take out 75% of the plant. You can kill it by being too dramatic. Mm -hmm. But certainly you can go to town. Oh, I like it. I I think it's fascinating. Yeah, it is. (laughs) The bloom on it, it, it really does look, it's very unusual. Yeah. So over three years, though, you can completely rejuvenate a plant. An overgrown plant can be brought down to the right height and the right shape over a three-year period by taking out a third every year. Can I can I prune the, the floppy pieces mm. now? I would. The smoking is done. The flowers are done. Yes, yes. So, sure, I mean, definitely take the flowers off, and then if they're still flopping, go back whatever number of inches you have to go back. Just don't go right back multi-feet at this time of year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It won't, it won't bleed or anything. No. No, no. Actually, it's a very interesting smell. When you start oh. cutting smoke bush, it's creosote. That's where creosote came from. Oh, yeah, it's uh, very Caroline, strong. Caroline, if you could glance under the Caroline. table here, if you could glance under the table, you'd see me pushing the brake on because we, <laughs> we have to move along to <laughs> oh. another color. Okay, oh, and, and, and a break. Yeah, thank Thanks you for very, calling them. Very kindly. Right, thank you. Uh, and uh, we have to take a little break. We too. do. Yeah. yeah. So let's do that now. Okay. Then come back and say hi to Kathy and Thornhill. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, on this gorgeous-looking Saturday morning, let's go to the line here and check in with Kathy in Thornhill. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Morning. Yeah, Thank go ahead. you for taking my call. Um, I'm just trying to figure out, my husband and I are debating. He did some trimming of my lilac mm-hmm. tree, mm-hmm. and I see two different types of blooms on there, the, the brown spent ones mm-hmm. and then green ones. Mm-hmm. Are the green ones the next year's blooms? No, the green ones are likely seeds. Oh. So when we trim our lilacs, there's only one time of year that we trim lilacs, and that's right after they flower. Right. When they're first finished flowering, um, if we have nothing else to do on the lilac other than remove the flowers, we do that. If we have other pruning to do, we do that at the same time as well. Unpruned, the flowers will do one of two things. They'll just turn brown and crispy, like you said, or yeah. they'll actually set seeds. So you'll have these quite shiny green, um, you know, where the flowers were, seed pods. So unless you're starting a lilac nursery, generally we don't want to have those seeds form because a lot of energy is required to form the seeds. And then if we're going to cut them off anyway, uh, then, you know, kind of a waste of energy. So it's very important to remove flowers once they're done to avoid the seeds and to encourage new growth. Um, right now, on your plant, if you look closely, the buds should be set for next spring, but they're going to be very tiny little round buds on the tips of the newest growth. Oh, so that's what he said. Okay. okay so oh, thank God. So he didn't cut off. <laughs> okay. So so you that's can good, still go in with your pruners and remove those dead flowers, the brown and or the seed-bearing flowers. You can remove those, but I wouldn't do any other pruning. Okay. Kathy, okay. were you just about to throw your husband under the bus there? 
Yes, I was. <laughs> okay. Hey, That's thanks. For... I had to call. I said I'm calling. This was two days ago. I said I'm calling the Zoomer radio. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Show. Nothing like an expert to solve that problem. Darn right. <laughs> hey, thanks. Thanks for, the call, for calling. Um, oh, I think now. Uh, let me uh, verify this. That this bell is for the second time oh. call from Lorraine in Cambridge. Oh yes. Hey, Lorraine. That's a special Good day. One. Good morning. I'm so Again. glad to hear about the creosote smell. I've been trying to figure out what that smell was. Yeah, when you're pruning your smoke bush. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, the other thing um, I called about was the Rose of Sharon that I'm keeping small. It's about three years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, well, It's got branches right close to the ground, which I like because it's sort of camouflaging my compost mm-hmm. bin. That's fine. Well, those branches, if they touch the ground, root. Ah, uh, they could. Are they act like f- so tall that they're flopping down and touching the ground? Because Rosa no, Sharon tends to be fairly upright. No, they're coming right from you know uh, uh, they go right from the uh, the stem. Right. You want them, yeah. Maintain growth that's coming from the stem. If you start seeing growth coming from below ground, yes, then I would remove that. Unless you want to have like a real forest of Rose of Sharon covering your composter. Right. I know. Because suckers will grow. Rose of Sharon is quite a a, a vigorous shrub, mm-hmm. so they will sometimes send suckers from the main stem. If they do, get out your little trowel, remove the soil, dig down, follow that sucker wherever it's coming from, break it off. Do not cut it because you'll get more suckers break it off you won't get more suckers uh or some rows of sharon drop seeds all over the place and then yeah. you get a forest of rows of sharon now the suckers will they get flowers on them yeah oh yeah okay yeah yeah okay. so and again you can decide the shape that you want that to ultimately be prune anything you want on a rose of, of sharon early in the spring and this um breaking off is that for any yeah. plant that suckers from below ground but, but I mean, breaking rather than cutting, is that for any of them? Yes, but, but only for suckers, not yeah, yes, generally yes. for pruning. We yes. use sharp pruners, but right. to, to control sucker growth, you break. And you, you have to expose the, where the, the connection is. Yeah. And then with your thumb, you just bend that sucker away from the main trunk and it'll pop right off. Right. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, now we Do might we have time? To, let's, let's give it a shot here. Right. Dawn in Toronto been very patient waiting in the line here. Good morning, Dawn. Morning. How are you? And how are you feeling? Okay. Good morning. Uh, Thanks morning, for calling. Charlie. I just have a quick question. I have two uh, small Christmas trees, about six feet tall. Mm-hmm. At the back of one, it seems to be dead, and it's just branches, nothing on it. Mm-hmm. Do I cut them off or just leave them? Well, do you have any, when you're calling Christmas trees, are they junipers? What are they? Cedars? Pines? Spruce? Uh, I don't know. They look like a fir tree. Oh, that'd be nice. Firs are not uh, sharp and pointy, as so many of the other evergreens are. Uh, are these up against a house or a fence? They're right on my front lawn. They're about a foot away from the uh, foundation. foundation. Right. So that's why you're seeing that brown. Um Oh, you know what? These might even be like little Alberta spruces or something. Either way, uh, the brown. Hmm. A bit hard to say for sure without knowing exactly what the plant is. You can... I would definitely wear my gloves. I would comb out all the brown stuff, which needles are going to fall on the ground, get that sort of cleaned up. You can remove the brown stuff that's at the back, but it's unlikely to rejuvenate. You're unlikely to get growth back there. It's too close to the wall. There's not enough air, not enough sun. Okay, the, the trees are all green. Yep. There's and no brown. It's just that they're just 
bare branches. Yeah, so uh, it's, you yeah. can have a beautiful green semicircle and nothing at the back. So it's going to be like a half moon plant. Yeah. So you can prune to to make that look better. And Don, you know what? We're out of time, my yeah. friend. Okay. Thanks for calling. But no. thanks, thanks for getting in there. No yeah, problem. good job. It's good to have you both back. Well, thank <laughs> thank you. you. It's good to be back. <laughs> it's been a busy summer. Has it ever? And yeah. of course, you've got a busy day, day still coming. Yeah, one to three thirty up in here. Yeah, and uh, and a lot just, of good stuff. Good, there's a lot yeah. going on. Of course, I'm heading back to Prince Edward County to get out my new whippersnapper <laughs> and get to work. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Frank. Thanks, Duncan. Thanks to all our great callers. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at nine on Zoomer Radio, the new AM seven forty. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.